Well, hello and good day to you. In our last uh, study, we took a look at Acts chapter 2, and we went through verses 1 through 12 or so, and today we will continue in our study of the book of Acts by hopefully finishing up Acts chapter 2, Lord willing. But please go ahead and open your Bibles up there to Acts chapter 2. And what I'm going to do here is just go ahead and start reading again in verse 1, even though we did cover these verses in our last study of the book of Acts. But we will move forward, uh, like I said, starting in verse 13 for our study for today. But hopefully you found it. If you're able to do so, have your Bibles open there to Acts chapter 2. And beginning in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. So I spent some time in the last teaching discussing the topic of speaking in tongues. And as I always mention to you, if you didn't hear that study or you'd like to hear any other of our Bible teachings, you can do so in various ways, of course, one being our website, as you see on the screen here, or for those of you listening by audio only, our website is www.aloveoutreach.com. I guess I don't have to say www nowadays, but just aloveoutreach.com. You can also find us on uh, many other social media platforms by searching for A Love Outreach, and of course, uh, it helps us if you subscribe to or follow us when you do find us there. But getting right into our study for today, we will pick it up in verse 14. And we've seen that all the people that were on the streets of Jerusalem that night were all amazed as to what they saw going on. Remember, they heard a sound. 
And now all of a sudden they are hearing people that do not speak their native language speak it. And they are declaring the wonderful works of God to them. So Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, is about to address the crowd here and try to end their confusion. He's going to try to explain some things to them. And starting in verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So what we have here is the beginning of the last days. Now we're still living in that period of time. We are still living in the last days. That may be hard for you to comprehend, but the very last day, obviously, has not come yet. That is the last day for this world, this earth to exist as we now know it, right? But we are still living in a time that is considered the last days, a time where whosoever will can repent and turn to Jesus Christ as their Lord and follow him throughout the rest of their lives, just as the early days church followed Jesus. Okay, And that's what we have here. We have a group of followers of Jesus that are impacting the world. The time will come, though, when the last day will be here. And none of us know when that day will be, But here in the book of Acts, we're seeing the beginning of the last days because now the gospel is going to begin to be preached. Now it's going to be proclaimed that there's only one way to eternal life. There's only one way to a right standing with God. Only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the message of the last days. That is the gospel message, which, of course, we still continue to preach. Now, of course, there are those that would mock or scoff at what I'm teaching right now. But that, too, is predicted to be the case in the last days. So there's many people in the world that mock or scoff at faith in Jesus Christ faith in the Bible. Many put it down, right? Many mock it and, like I said, scoff at it. But if you mark this page, I'll show you something here. Go toward the back of your Bible and find 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1, of course it's the Apostle Peter speaking here who has written this. Beloved, he says, I now write to you this second epistle, 
in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So Peter has something very important here that he wants to remind the believers in Jesus Christ of. Okay, And he wants to stir them up about this. He wants them to take heed to this and pay attention. Just like back in Acts chapter 2 when he first was addressing all the people there, he says, take heed. Okay. Verse 2 says that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So the first thing for believers to note here is that we need to always keep in mind what the prophets and the apostles commanded us. And of course, where do we find that? Where do we find what the, the prophets and the apostles commanded? Well, we find it in the Old and the New Testament of the Bible. This is where we find out how we should be living here on the earth now in these last days. This is how we know that, right? Peter then goes on in verse three and says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. So, Who are these scoffers? Well, we get an idea of who they are, right? These are people that are not living in accordance with the commandments found in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They really don't care about the commandments of the prophets of old or the apostles of Jesus Christ, right? They don't care about the Bible or the things of God. And and you can see them all over the place, especially nowadays that everybody has a voice on social media. You can see people out there spewing their hate, right? Their hate for God, their hate for anything pertaining to God. And there are many of those type of people that exist now in these last days. Of course, they've always existed, but now they have a platform, They have a soapbox to stand up on, right? And all that they care about, though, is the lust of their flesh, doing what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it, and where they want to do it. That's all they care about. But you know what? I've been there. I've done that. But through the living word of God and through repentance, I came to the living God, to be born of the Spirit of God and to walk in fellowship in a relationship with Jesus Christ who is now my Lord and I'm nothing more than a servant of His. So if you happen to be one of those scoffers, though, that have come upon this teaching today, you are loved by God and He is calling you today to repent and to come to his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. But Peter goes on here to continue to describe these scoffers, right? Again, of which I was once one. And he says in verse four, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, 
that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perish, perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So Peter is saying here, hey, guess what, folks? God has judged this world one time before because of wickedness, and he's going to do it again. And how do you know that? Well, it's written in the word. And people choose today to forget what's written in the world, in the word, right? And you can scoff all you want, but judgment day will come. The ungodly will experience perdition. What is perdition? It is in the Greek, the word apolia, right? Apolia, and it means utter destruction. But you know, a lot of people that are scoffers on the earth right now, they don't care what I'm saying. Nor more importantly, they don't care what the word of God, the Holy Bible says, Scoffers gonna scoff, right? They don't care. But their scoffing doesn't change the truth. These are the last days. And it's time to repent. And if you're hearing this message, there's a purpose for you hearing it right now. It's time to repent. The Lord is still giving the opportunity to whosoever will. Peter goes on in verse 8 here and continues speaking to believers and says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's heart for you. That's the Lord of all heart for you, that you would not perish, that you would not suffer utter destruction. But you see, repentance is the key point of the gospel message, right? Repentance is where forgiveness begins. Think about that. Repentance is where forgiveness begins, Jesus died for you as an example that you need to die to you and then rise again to a new life that is committed to serving him as your Lord and King, keeping all that he commands you to. And a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day simply means that you shouldn't play around with your salvation. This might be the last day. It might seem like a long time since the Lord's been here to you and me, but he could come today. It's a short time with him on his time schedule, right? And if this isn't the last day, there's one thing that's for sure. Your death is sure. It could be your last day here on the earth. One way or another, you will be before the Lord bowing your knee to him. And it's far better if you will repent now 
and come in his presence with fullness of joy rather than experience perdition, utter destruction. Peter, the apostle of the Lord, continues and says in verse 10 here, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. So yeah, it's true. Scoffers are going to scoff, right? But believers need to press on in the faith. Press on in godliness, holiness. These are the last days and time is running very short. And as we flip back now to Acts chapter two, the gospel had now begun its journey of being preached into all the world, into the uttermost parts of the earth of which we are still recipients of today. The spirit of the Lord was moving in the lives of the early day disciples of Jesus here in Acts chapter two and Reading again, starting in verse 17, Peter says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall see dreams or shall dream dreams, excuse me. This is what was taking place here. And on my men servants, verse 18, and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy, both men and women prophesying, right? I will show you wonders in heaven and above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that those, that excuse me, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So in those last five verses that we just read there, there are some things that have come to pass in these last days in which we now live, and there are some things that have not yet happened, right? But all of these things will come to pass, including the second coming of the Lord. But verse 21 is the verse that all the world needs to hear right now, and that is that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to eternal life. No one comes to the Father, God, except through Jesus. There is salvation in no other. And there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. This is what the apostles of the Lord taught. And its truth has not, nor will it ever change. Peter goes on in verse 22 and says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, 
and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Wow, wouldn't you like to know that today? Hopefully you do. Hopefully you know that no matter what the circumstances of your present day life may be, you can rejoice in the salvation of the Lord. Hopefully you rejoice today in the fact that the Lord is at your right hand, that he is your strength, and that your soul needs not be shaken. You see, in this world, we do have tribulation. We have perils of the body, perils of the mind. We experience pain in the body, right? And we battle things in our minds. But we have hope. We have the hope that the day of the Lord is coming when we will be in his presence and experience fullness of joy. And again, all of this begins with repentance. It all begins with dying to yourself, taking up the cross and following him, being born again of the Spirit. So Peter here was quoting David, and he called David a prophet. And then Peter says in verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and in and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. So Peter just took some time here to explain to his fellow Jews that were wondering what in the world was going on on this day here. What are we seeing with all these people speaking our languages and such when we're from everywhere else, right? What is it? that David, you know, was speaking, or Peter points out here, hey, this is what David knew. David knew about this, and he wrote about Jesus, right? And he wasn't writing about himself, he's pointing out to them. They knew what David had written. They knew what David had spoke, but Peter's pointing out he wasn't speaking about himself. He's speaking about the Messiah, Jesus, who would come from him. 
his bloodline, right? He would come from him, his family line, right? You see, this is where the gospel, again, was beginning to be preached here on this day. It was the beginning of the last days, the beginning of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God. There now was a new kingdom being established. And it wasn't the kingdom of Israel. It was the kingdom of God, which Jesus Christ is the king of. All authority had now been given unto Jesus, the risen Lord, and all must come unto him as servants. You see, the Jews were looking for a Messiah, but Jesus, they did not want to accept. So Peter pointed out to them there in verse 23 that God in his foreknowledge gave them Jesus. But what did they do? They took him by lawless hands and crucified him and put him to death. But Jesus is still alive and well. And in verse 33, Peter says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So again, Peter is just simply explaining to them why they are seeing what they are seeing on this day of Pentecost. This is all a result of Jesus, the, re- the risen Lord, pouring out the Spirit. This is all the workings of God. And they were hearing about all these wonderful things of God in their own languages because people were going around speaking it. Right? They held David in high esteem in their religion. But Peter is directing them to faith in Jesus, the risen Lord, pointing all their attention to him. Even though they crucified him, they, knew, they still now had the opportunity to repent and to come unto him. And maybe in your life, you've crucified Jesus. In other words, away with him, you've said. You could care less. You're a scoffer that's going to scoff. But you're hearing this message for a purpose because today is a day that you can repent and come unto the risen Lord and be filled with his spirit and, and serve him in his kingdom For David, verse 34, goes on and says, For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So do you understand this today? Do you understand the importance of what God has done to bring you back into a right standing with him? Do you understand that your sin separates you from God and that you must be born again of the Spirit? Do you understand that today may be your last chance to do so? No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been in your lifetime, you can repent. But you have to understand the importance of repentance. To turn from your sin. To have godly sorrow for your sin. And to come to faith in Jesus and to be born again of the Spirit. 
and to no longer walk in a way where you fulfill the lust of the flesh, but you're led by the Spirit and you have that new life, right? You see, this is good news. This is the gospel. Like I said, I was once a scoffer myself. Scoffing is what I did best. I didn't care about the commandments found in the Old and the New Testament. Thankfully, somebody told me about it and shared it with me as I'm doing with you now. But a day finally came for me where I heard the very things that I'm telling you today and I took up the cross. I died to myself. I felt sorrow for my sin and I came to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why I do what I'm doing here today to take this message out to others. And this is what has happened happened to the people here on this day of Pentecost that we're reading about in Acts chapter 2, they had something impacting. They were taking heed to what Peter said. See, scoffers don't take heed. They just go about with the lust of their flesh and just keep doing what they're doing. Again, not pointing any fingers because I was once there. The only difference is, is I came to Christ. And if you're a scoffer, you know, you're mocking, you could care less about the things of God, well, then your heart hasn't come to that place. But today, if you've come upon this video, if you've come upon this audio, it's not an accident. But these people here, their lives were changed. Verse 37, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And that's an important thing right there, cut to the heart. It, it hit them down deep. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They sincerely wanted to know. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we talked about that in our last teaching and no, tongues is not the only evidence that the Holy Spirit is within you. Go back and check out that teaching on uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 12 or 13 or so, if you feel so inclined. But today, this same message that Peter was preaching here is for all the world, if they would just take heed. And Peter says in verse 39, for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar, far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Look, folks, have you noticed that we live in a perverse generation today? Now, maybe many of you are accepting the perverseness as normal because you're not comparing it to the word of God or you're not paying attention to how God says things should be, but we live in a very perverse generation today, and we have for many years. I was once part of a perverse generation myself, right? But we have to be careful that our conscience doesn't get seared to where we just don't care. And I'm speaking to those of you that are born again of the Spirit. Do you think that that which is perverse is normal? Is it okay? Can we accept it? 
the Bible outlines his, the, the will of God for all of humanity, right? And again, I know scoffers are going to scoff, but what about you, right? You that are taking heed to this message today, taking heed to what we're reading in the word of God, have you come out of this world? Have you made yourself separate from it? Or are you melding in with it? God is calling you to come out of the world. Not to accept sin, especially the sin that you have in your own life. The very first thing is to remove the plank from your own eye. Then you'll see clearly enough to help your brother remove the speck from his eye. But God requires specks and planks be gone. God requires you to repent and to walk in righteousness and holiness, which we cannot do apart from his Holy Spirit. But when we walk in the Spirit, we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 41 goes on, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So we had those 120 spirit-filled believers go out under the power of God and influence others by the power of the Holy Spirit, and about 3,000 other people came to repentance and to be baptized and to come to Jesus Christ as their Lord. You know, I have no idea. Maybe those of you hearing this message can send this message to 400 people. And in today's social media world, it might be easy to do, right? You can send it to 400 friends or whatever number that may be. And maybe people will hear the gospel and come to Jesus. Do you have a concern for that? Do you have a heart for that? That people you know be saved? Send them this message or find another gospel message or just send them the word of God or preach the gospel yourself to them, right? But again, as we're reading about this here, the beginning of the last days, we still now live in those last days, but this was also the beginning of the body of Christ that we see taking place here in the book of Acts. It's the beginning of the church, and God was adding to the church, right? A church that is worldwide, okay? A church that does not go under the name of a denomination, nor does it have a headquarters. It has a head but not a headquarters. It's made up of people that call on the name of the Lord, that obey him in the way that they live their lives in these last days. And Jesus is our head. And the early day believers were examples for all of us. And what did they do? What did the early day believers do? Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Do you know that we still have the apostles' doctrine today? If you are reading along with me this morning, then you've got their doctrine 
right in your hand, right there in front of you. But are you continuing steadfastly in it? Are you fellowshipping with other believers? Are you staying steadfast in prayer? It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy to get off course. It's easy to find ourselves wandering from time to time, but let this be a reminder today that we must stay the course. This is a time to refocus. The way you and I live can have an impact on lost souls around us. You have an, a sphere of influence in your life. People that you can reach. That's what happened in the early days of the church, right? Verse 43, look, it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. See, this is an example to us of a people that were fully, wholeheartedly committed to following Jesus and committed to the leading of his spirit. The true disciple of Jesus places nothing before his commitment to the king. Nothing. Are you called to sell all that you have? Maybe so. Maybe not. This was how the spirit of the Lord moved them in that day. And they had a a special calling to ramp up the spreading of the gospel. That's what these people were doing. But of course, all of us are called to help others around us in one way or another, right? Seek the Lord. Ask him what he wants you to do for him. He will lead you. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if you, whatever your profession is, Whatever you do, I often say a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker, whatever it is, serve the Lord. Whatever you do, wherever you are, you can serve the Lord. And you can use your sphere of influence to reach out to other people, to get the gospel message to them. If you don't feel like you can do that yourself, if you can preach to them yourself or teach them yourself, then find someone that is preaching or teaching and share that message with them. Stay steadfast, stay focused, do all that you do for the glory of the Lord. That's what we're seeing in these people. They were sold out, wholly committed, completely committed, right? So verse 46 says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So you see, there is a way to live where even though you are not of this world, right? That is, you, you don't do what the scoffers do, but you live in such a manner that you have favor with others. You can impact the world around you. People were drawn to Jesus. Yes, there were scoffers that hated and killed him, 
and they hated and they killed his disciples. And in many parts of the world, they're still killing disciples of Jesus. But again, you have an influence, right? People that you work with, people in your own family, when they see that you serve the Lord in a steadfast manner, they too will possibly be drawn to Jesus themselves. Yes, scoffers are going to scoff, but you must serve the Lord with all of your heart. So let this be a reminder today. If you're in Christ, that we need to stay committed, we need to stay focused, we need to stay the course. There's a calling, and we need to stay the course all the way till the end. We can't turn from it. We can't deviate off the path, right? We need to stay the course. And for those of you that are the scoffers, and again, you've somehow managed to listen to this whole thing, there's a purpose in that. There's a purpose in that. You can come and you can repent today. You can get on your knees right where you're at while you're listening to this or if you're driving or something else, you can go home. You can call on the name of the Lord. And if there's anything that we can do to point you to Jesus, to pray for you or to help you in that spiritual journey of being born again, we'd love to do it. Reach out to us. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. Fill out the contact form. Just let us know that you're listening. And again, we'd love to pray for you or help you in any way. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time again in your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us comfortless or alone. You have given us your Holy Spirit, who is our counselor, our teacher, our guide through this life. I pray for the hearts and souls of whoever may hear this teaching, Lord, and whoever may take heed to your word, that they would come unto you and seek you with their whole heart and fix their eyes on you as the author and the finisher of their faith. Lord, come quickly. But as you tarry, let your will be done. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for watching, for listening, whichever the case may be. And uh, like I said, we'd love to hear from you. And we will see you next time.